0: the horror foria podcast
1: don't touch that dial
0: andy gilly and john richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies is it good is it bad Ah! is it a classic find out now. (laughs) Welcome to the Horrorphoria podcast. It is Thursday, August 27th of 2020. Episode number 75. We're talking about 1985's The Return of the Living Dead, broadcasting from our... Happy birthday to Andy Gilly Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And
1: I am the birthday boy, Andy Gilly. I guess.
0: So we dedicated the studios to you this week. Oh, Happy it's... 45th birthday, Thank man. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Did you get to do anything special? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've, I had some parties with my family and stuff. That's about it. That's all you really do for your 45th birthday. You don't get too wild anymore. So
0: Yeah, it's like every decade, <laughs> maybe you have like a bigger party. Right, exactly. But I think after you turn 30, it's just like... Yeah. Uh, what, why? Why ah,
1: even right. bother? Well, you know, and I'm done. I used to have like some existential dread on every one of my birthdays and just kind of be a little depressed. I'm kind of done with that, too. I, good. I, you know, it's like, well, let's just enjoy this for what it is. I'm kind of loving the 40s, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having a good time in my 40s. So, you know, I I, uh, I didn't expect to really to make it this far.
0: <laughs> it's, so, so I didn't All really. crap you did when you yeah, were Yeah, I couldn't really
1: fathom being this old. Yeah. Uh, you know, twenty years ago, but um, here I am. So there you go. Well, congratulations, happy birthday! Thank horror you. movie news. All right, horror movie news. Unlike The Exorcist, I guess I uh, won't immediately get upset up the news of this reboot. Um, rumors of a The Thing reboot involving Blumhouse service this week. Uh, A couple things are different about this one from the Exorcist one, which is why I'm not upset about it. First of all, John Carpenter seems to be involved with this. He said that he is probably going to be involved with it. Uh, Secondly, the 1982 thing itself was a reboot of the 1951 film The Thing from Another World. And third, the 1982 film is, you know, it's pretty great, but it's it's not uh, it's not. on the level of the exorcist, you know, uh, I think it'd be interesting to see a reboot of this. Uh, I don't think the 1982 film was perfect. 51 film is kind of
0: uh, silly actually, if you, if you watch it these days. So, mm. uh, yeah, I, I, and we talked about it a little bit earlier this week and mm-hmm. I think he talked me off the ledge because my initial reaction was like, what, what's going on here? Why, yeah. why do you have to constantly remake? And then, then I thought back to a movie that we reviewed earlier this year the Invisible Man. Right. And I thought to myself, well, Blumhouse is involved and we were kind of excited about it. And there was a lot of like great talk about it. And it lived up to the hype as good as it was. It was so. an
1: awesome movie. Now, Blumhouse has had some stumbles. See, there's some films they've done that weren't all that great. But, you know, so it doesn't guarantee I, I, I haven't seen it, but I heard Fantasy Island wasn't the greatest movie in the world. Uh, but, uh, you know, the 1982 thing, they're doing a... It was a great movie. It's a classic. I mean, that scene where they're testing the blood is is one of the most suspen- suspenseful scenes I've ever seen, you know?
0: Yeah, great jump scare on it is.
1: It's the. It is. It's a fantastic jump scare. Uh, but, you know, I, I think they can... It'll be interesting to see what they come up with. If they do it well, maybe it'll actually improve upon the original. So, I, I don't have a problem with this. Yeah, um, I, guess, I guess I'm with you. I, I'm still, I guess, cautiously optimistic about Right, it. right, exactly. We'll see. Uh, not uh, not in a rage like I was about The Exorcist, <laughs> oh, <I know>. though. <laughs> so, iHorror reports that one week into shooting the new sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the, uh, the production has been halted and the directors have been replaced. Andy and Ryan Tohill, who I think we talked about this before, that they had come on board, mm-hmm. uh, they'd been known for the movie The Dig, had begun production in Bulgaria. Now, everything they did was scrapped. They worked for about two weeks. They shot some footage, and they're throwing it all away. Wow. And uh, David Blue Garcia, who, he was actually a Texas native. He's taken over. Um, and it, it sounded kind of like this was a reboot in the style of uh, *Halloween* Blumhouse's Halloween 2018.
0: Oh, so basically it's like taking every other Yeah, they're sequel. taking
1: the first movie saying this is canon and throwing everything else out. And they're going, you know, it's basically like a second sequel, I
0: guess. I don't know how they're going to do that, though. I, don't, I mean, I, and again, we talked about this uh, and the second one where they want a chili cook off and, right. the, you know, the family was on the lamb. OK, I mean, and it was fun to watch, but I don't it's know. A, I don't know what they would do. It's a, t- a chainsaw
1: for De- te- uh,
0: Dennis Hopper. How can I know, you know that was pretty great? So. A cocaine? So I d- Dennis yeah, Hopper. yeah.
1: I mean, they're throwing that out. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Let's we'll see what's going on here. That does not sound like good news for uh, this Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel uh, the third film in the Train to Busan series, Train to Busan Presents Peninsula, is out this weekend. Apparently, the original movie had an animated prequel called Seoul Station, like the capital of Korea, Seoul. Mm-hmm. Um, While well, filmmaker Yan Sang-ho has announced that Peninsula will also be getting an animated prequel. In an interview with Polygon, uh, with Polygon, Sang-ho said, we are currently in talks about making a cartoon about the relationship between Unit 631 and Min Jung. I am hopeful that this story can further be expanded upon through the the less inhibited cartoon medium. Oh, well, there you go. So and you be, still
0: haven't seen the original. I haven't so. seen the
1: original. Have you seen, you seen this anime that went with it though, too? I did not. You didn't see that one, but you I'm saw it. I'm not the an original. anime guy. I, st- I haven't seen the original. I don't I don't really, I don't love zombie movies, but, uh, you know, I know we're watching one today, but, and I, and I <laughs> did like it. I mean, I, this is a class, uh, you know, I, well, I better watch what I say there, but this is a, um, You know, a a movie from my uh, that has some nostalgia value for me. Same here. Yeah. So according to Joe Blow dot com, Roar Uthog, the Tomb Raider reboot director, is now uh, going to take on the Norwegian monster film Troll for Netflix. Uh, It i don't know i have heard a little bit about this film sounds like a little bit of the plot to troll hunter which is a pretty great movie if you've seen that one from a few years
0: ago it's one of those movies that everybody's talked about that really enjoyed like when you watch it you love it uh i have not seen it yet. yeah it's it's a it's a fun movie uh this troll
1: film has no start date of yet but uh will premiere sometime in 2022
0: oh very nice so. All right. Horror movie trivia. <laughs> Director Dan O'Bannon has only three directing credits in his career. He was better known as a screenplay writer. Can you name some of the famous horror movie screenplays that he wrote? I cannot. I, I should have looked more. Uh, looked into Dan O'Bannon there, a little bit more. There was a lot. There was at least three dozen. Okay. Uh, Alien. Really? Screenwriter on that. Okay. Dead and Buried. Kind of a lesser known horror movie. Life Force. Ah. Uh, yeah. And Aliens, which is the sequel wow, lately?
1: Yeah. That's interesting. Huh. I did not know that. This is John A. Russo's sequel to The Night of the Living Dead. He and uh, Romero had uh, obviously different ideas of what the sequel should be, so they split up. They agreed to split up. Uh, I think it was amicable. Uh, Romero created this movie as the second night of, in the Night of the Living Dead series Dawn of the Dead. I'd be Dawn of the Dead from 1978, that's yeah. correct. Uh huh. That one
0: was a long movie. And and very very different from this. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> so right. Uh, Andy's chainsaw plot. Okay, uh, I don't
1: know how good a job I did on this one, but a military exfoliant has caused the dead to rise. A movie which uh, had to change the facts created years ago hid the real facts of the two four five trioxin at a medical supply company. The chemical has been accidentally released after being in storage for seventeen years, and it is up to Freddie and, it, and an, an employee on his first day of the job and his punk friends to stop the military from erasing their mistake.
0: That was perfect, dude. All right. This is your spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about The Return of the Living Dead from 1985 in its entirety. So if you have not seen this movie, you can find it on Shudder, pause the podcast, go watch this movie, then come back to find out what we had to say about it. Andy, initial thoughts, even though we probably both have seen this movie multiple times.
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen this. Uh, This is got some nostalgia value to me from when I was a kid. Uh, This was on HBO quite a bit. Oh, yeah. In the 80s. And, uh, you know, I I think it kind of defined a lot of what I... I I think I saw this before I saw Night of the Living Dead. I don't think I saw Night of the Living Dead until I was like maybe uh, in my early teens or maybe even mid-teens yeah so this is really what kind of defined the zombie genre for me uh Mm -hmm. like the dead this along with maybe the thriller video (laughs) you know because you got like the dead uh, waking up in a cemetery crawling out of their graves and things like that it's some pretty iconic imagery that uh i remember and would associate with like a zombie movie yes and uh you know you, you also had a lot of um you know, there, there, this was a this was Hollywood's view of uh, what the punk culture in the 80s was, I think, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty interesting because I was kind of involved in that a little bit in the later night 80s. Um, you know, I, I skated and stuff. So that was kind of part of the music we listened to and all of that. Uh, and obviously, you know, I'm a big Glenn Danzig fan now. So there's, that's where that was rooted. But, nice. uh, you know, I, I think this movie kind of uh, it, it, it set a lot of things and it it. Um, It is a it remains, I think, an entertaining film.
0: I agree. Um, You know, this does have a lot of nostalgia for me because I would remember waking up at 1130 at night knowing that it was on at 1205, you know, looking in the TV guide, being able to sneak downstairs, keeping the TV volume as low as I could to watch it. Watching this movie again, I mean, it just holds up. Again, you can't say enough about the the '80s, mid '80s practical effects that they use in these things. Yeah, they were for, really great for yeah. the gore, and they still mm-hmm. hold up. Uh, you know, it's dated for the look, but like for just pure entertainment value, I mean, this is this has got to be a, a must watch for you. Um, like as a kid, I love the gore. Uh, you know it was kind of cool seeing you, you couldn't differentiate you know the, the antagonist from the protagonist and whatever but you loved it for the nudity you loved it for the gore you loved it for in certain areas you got kind of scared you know as a as a seven eight year old kid
1: there definitely were some scares in this movie that just the imagery itself was was
0: kind of frightening when you're younger yeah like absolutely the,
1: the tar man uh, yeah exactly. was,
0: it's still pretty creepy I mean, and you see a, this whole horde of zombies yeah. coming after people and you just like you get the humor when you watch it again you know watching it last night I was just like I was really nostalgic about it and it's, I had a smile on the whole time and I, I found myself laughing out loud to certain scenes I mean even when the the horde of, of zombies would attack the the paramedics it's like I was laughing I was like that was a great shot yeah sure it was um you know the look of the uh, the the fresh corpse uh, towards the beginning of the movie was actually really like comical. Well, yeah, he looked like a banana, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> like a human banana, and um, you know the butterfly starting to come to life. That was really funny, um, you know. And, and I appreciate what Dan O'Bannon did because it wasn't he didn't take himself too seriously, right. but he he really established a different kind of of zombie. Because before that, they were really slow. Um, they could only grunt. Right. You know, they didn't... There was a rhyme to the reason, and we'll get to it later, of... of you know, zombies and and zombies had thoughts and they could talk And
1: Right. The zombies in this film obviously have sentience and, uh, you know, they, they, and feelings. They use it like that. He uses that winch that I wouldn't have any clue how to use. Exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) Like being able to use tools and stuff like, you know, I really remember like 28 days later being the first time I was exposed to fast zombies. And I guess I totally forgot about them in this film, but this film, you know, I think is the first uh, iteration of fast zombies uh, yeah. that you see, which is a you know a debate. Which I, I stand more on the slow zombie side of things, but um, you know I'd rather see slow zombies, I guess. But well, uh, yeah,
0: and and it's it's weird because yeah, it really did establish like them sprinting, yeah, not just oh, yeah. fast, but like right. sp- like literally running
1: at you, right? Exactly. And the whole eating brains thing. This is the first time you you see that, and it's really explained in a movie what what they're trying to do. You know, yeah. and th- this is the first movie where a zombie brains like like they do you know
0: yeah and and it's really tropey but it is the very first movie that did that because it's like other like night of living dead because they reference that movie in this in this movie um right.
1: well and know. well yeah they do absolutely they 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 treat a Night of the Living Dead as a real... It's a movie in this movie. Yeah. And they say that, you know, it got the story wrong. It, it didn't it didn't tell the true story because the guy would have gotten sued. It was
0: based it, off of true events, which is pretty right. much, you know, what they right. said.
1: Right. Where, you know, Dawn of the Dead obviously was a direct sequel and, and treated those events as, as
0: real. Right. Um, With, without digging into, like, like the body where, where you saw in Night of the Living Dead or, or Dawn of the Dead or even Day of the Dead... They did. They stayed away from that. It was just like you know, they needed to needed brains to yeah. live, right? Or
1: <laughs> well, it, it was it was to, to you know the the half body that they uh, which was a great effect as oh, well. So awesome. She she was uh, an amazing effect. I thought that was a great effect. Still creepy, I think. Yep. Um, you know, she kind of explains it. She does the info uh, dump on you there, where it's. Uh, it's very painful to be dead but eating brains makes you you know relieves that pain yeah and so she she kind of explains why they're why they're doing this and and this is the first time you know we we see that in a, in a zombie film that you know that they're that's what they're motivated by is is
0: brains so. yeah I, it, it is so iconic the brain yeah you know, I, gotta, I gotta
1: wonder though you know you and i obviously are Coming to this from a very nostalgic point of view and we, you know, grew up in this era. I got to wonder like uh, what somebody who's 20, 25 years old would think of this movie because uh, it is it's a little bit ridiculous. I think it's a little dated. Um, I I don't I, I think it might be a little over over the top for for some
0: people. I, I don't. I I, I kind of disagree only for the fact that I, I think it's a time capsule of, you know, what the mid 80s, early 80s were. Sure. You know, and it just it, it's kind of like what they do, like what they did with Scream, like what the look of it, you know, the 90s. Yeah. Um. You know, any any kind of like like decade that, that you look at, you're going to get that kind of, you know, dated look to it. But I think. Somebody 25 years old just getting into horror that enjoys horror movies is going to have so much fun with this because they'll get the humor. They'll, you know, they'll see those little little things like the, sh- the movie opens up with um, <laughs> with, you know, this is based on true events. Every character is right. true. And it's it's funny. It, it's like that, you know, OK. Hit you with the punchline right off the bat. Yeah. You know, because it's got that it's got that title card that says, you know, this is based off of true events. Right. So this really happened. <laughs> and then it opens with the building called you need a medical supplies.
1: Yeah. yeah. You, you need the medical supplies. <laughs> right. And, and I got to wonder if that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, yeah, it's it's a and obviously the 80s were a pretty ridiculous decade. Uh, I remember that. But, you know, this is this is uh, it's aptly um, described as a horror comedy in pretty much every. Everything that I read about it, oh, yeah. you know, and I don't think comedy is as timeless as, as some movies like I think the Night of the Living Dead anybody's going to think that's a good zombie movie you Mm -hmm. know uh i think anybody is going to see the themes in it they're going to get it it's going to be there's going to be even if you aren't really scared of it because you've you know desensitized yourself by the time you're 16 years old these days or whatever which which i could see um i still think that is a more timeless movie than this i think this is a little bit um I think you and I would enjoy this movie a little bit more than the average person would just uh, because of the time we watched it. And, and, and when we did, I think it's it's a little a little more um, inaccessible to someone who
0: isn't in our age group necessarily. I would agree with that. I, I think that, you know, our scores I'm, and I'm just you know, guessing that our scores are going to reflect, you know, uh, uh, how how much we enjoy this movie. Yeah. Um, But I I believe that somebody that watches this for the first time, 25, 30 years old, will get quite a bit of enjoyment out of it. It's not going to be at the top of their list. They won't have the nostalgia goggles like you say for this movie, but they'll have fun with it. I mean, it's something different. It's something unique. I think the comedy holds up. I mean, some of the jokes are are a little dated, but it's it's funny. I mean,
1: oh yeah, no I agree it's funny it's just, it is I, like like I said comedy I don't think is as timeless as, as some other genres though and that humor might be kind of silly to, to uh, you know somebody who is 20 25 years old these days so and if they hadn't haven't you know listened to this podcast for instance and listened to the reasons why you know somebody our age likes it I think it might be difficult to you know it's like coming blind out of, uh, and watching um I don't know, um, something like uh, Blazing Saddles, you know, when you're when you're a younger person, you're, you're just you don't get the context and stuff that this was this was uh, done in. And it might be a little difficult to understand. That's 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 my point. I, that's what I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah, I, I, what, I, what I don't want to have is someone like who is 20 years old watch this and be like, what the hell were those two guys? <laughs> this is the stupidest movie I've ever seen. It, 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 it I think it requires a little bit of um, a little bit of that where, where you have to have, um, you know, have a little bit of nostalgia for it and understand the time period a little bit to, to get it. That doesn't mean that, that, you know, everybody who's twenty isn't going to get it. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to condescend people who are that age or anything like I'll that. I just you know I don't want want people to go out and watch this and be like, what in this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen? You know, because and you all you also have to think there was there weren't wasn't anything like Shaun of the Dead or nothing. None of those movies had come out, and the zombie genre really was kind of this kicked off. I think. Like Dawn of the Dead didn't really kick kick off. There was a lot more zombie movies after this one. Uh, and I think the late '80s were almost like the uh, early 2000s for zombie movies. It like overplayed a little bit, you know.
0: I agree. Yeah, I mean, because that's when Day of the Dead came out, uh-huh. right? So right yeah. around the same time. Yeah, and you just had
1: you had a lot of zombie movies in the end. And I remember, in the like the mid '90s, I was like, you know what? They don't do anymore. They don't make zombie movies. And uh, <laughs> well, I, I you got to be careful what you wish for because I really got what I what I wished for in the t- in the early 2000s and late 2000s. 2000s, so um, into the 2010s. Um, yeah,
0: once we get that, right I, I am going to pose a question uh, so that because it's getting me thinking. Because I am mm-hmm. curious, no, I'll just pose it right now is mm-hmm. that you know, before we get into the meat of the movie, is that and this is a serious question if you're 20 to 29 30 years old mm-hmm. um, and you've watched this movie. Did you get a lot of enjoyment out of it? Is it is it something that you just were able to kick back, have fun, what they call a popcorn movie? Because it doesn't take a lot of thought to watch this movie, to get enjoyment out of it. I mean, we sit there and try to take notes so we don't miss anything while we're talking about it. But I'm curious. Right. Yeah, I'd be curious, too. I feel like a lot of people who who
1: who watched that in that age group would be like when my dad asked me to watch something that he really enjoyed. And I sat there and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what in the hell do you get out of this dad? You know, this, this is, is dumb. This is a really stupid movie, you know, and, uh, or something that's like really cool, you know, that he thinks is really awesome. And it's just like, this is dumb dad. And I just, I, I wonder without the context and all of that, if, if you'd feel that way about this movie, but, uh, yeah, I'm cause it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a product of its time. And there's like like I said, the punk culture is not not portrayed well here. This no. is this is Hollywood's idea of what the punk culture was about back then, <laughs> exactly. you know, um, which which I think, you know, and, and that's kind of where the movie begins is this uh, this graveyard. Uh, where, where these punk kids go to uh, pass the time while they're waiting for Freddy to uh, get done with work. Yes. You know, and <laughs> Freddy. this is a very, uh, very in- a telling scene of how, how what Hollywood thought of punks at the time. I mean, they break into this cemetery. They're, the, this one girl takes off, uh, what's her name in the movie again? Um, uh, trash. Trash, that's right. She takes off all her clothes and is dancing on graves, um, which we were talking about that a little bit before. Uh, that was an interesting scene. uh, there's a couple different things in this movie that the producer obviously had television in mind when he made this movie. Because uh, you know Freddy's jacket. Oh yeah, I did. So I did read hear about that. The, yeah, it, I read about that. It said that. "fu"
0: on it. It's so it said the word. jacket.
1: He has like a Letterman's jacket, but it says "fu" on the back of it, right? Yeah. And there's the actual you, word. Yes, the actual word, not "f", not the "f". Uh, yeah, and uh, so the, they reshot every scene that you could see that in with a jacket <laughs> that said actually television version. It actually said television version on it, <laughs> which which I think would be kind of funny to see. I didn't actually see any screen caps of. Of the television version jacket, but it That's actually your Letterman jacket. That's just television.
0: television version on the back. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, it actually does start at this. Uh, you need a medical supply warehouse. You got yeah. Frank, who's the uh, seasoned veteran. You got Freddie, who's the new guy. Packing some skeletons. Uh, it was an interesting conversation about. Okay, we need a female skeleton. Uh, A female adult skeleton with nice teeth. Right. How many... I wonder if they manufacture these in India. I was wondering just because, you know, how many people that pass away have really nice teeth? So, they're packing it away. Um, This is where they have the conversation about... They go into the office and they're talking about Night of the Living Dead. Right. And then uh, Frank actually brings up, you know, that was... That was based on real events. Right. You know, it didn't happen like they said in the movie where it was overrun, but there was this uh, army base and this this uh, gas leaked out and it caused all these cadavers to come to life and they had to take care of it somehow. So they, you know, disposed of or, or they uh, somehow killed the zombies and put them in these barrels. Right. And after lunch, I'm going to go show you these in the basement. Right. So, they had accidentally got shipped to the uh, medical supply house or something like that. You need a medical supplies. Um, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, they go down there, and I I'm, I kind of, you know, how we talked about, like, where you see the end of a movie at the beginning. Right. Um, I kind of love when the title card doesn't play till like, 10 minutes in the movie. I, I'm kind of a fan of that. So, they go down to the basement. They see these barrels. And you see this, uh, you know, see one of the corpses in there, and uh, guess what? Freddy goes, "Oh, aren't you worried about it leaking out?" He's like, "No, this was made by the U.S. Army." So <laughs> Freddy kicks it, this gas leaks out, right? And then you have the big, uh, the big opening title sequence.
1: I gotta say that the uh, th- I I remember being really scared by this face inside the barrel when I was a kid, and, and I don't know how. I think it's a great
0: effect that's what I, I was saying really when you're a kid and you yeah. see it and, and it's, it's just, just like when
1: you're a it's frightening kid. It, it was it was it was terrifying to think of that. now this has been done much better since then you know like uh, with um, uh, unfriended dark web when that eye is looking out the uh, the uh, barrel hole or whatever that was terrifying but this was really scary when I was you know 10 11 years old and saw this for the first time yep. it, it was a terrifying face in there you know that was a very scary effect back then um, I
0: agree I yeah, and and I love the look of it because they actually did that. They, they had wax on this, um, you know, I guess on this j- just uh, somebody's like like the skull. And they actually put yeah. it in to the this thing. So they melted it and it broke the mirror or bro- broke the glass. I wasn't supposed to. Right. And then it actually stayed in the movie. So it gave a really yeah, good it, effect to it. It was a great accidental effect with that glass
1: breaking. And the uh, yeah, the face melting, I think. I think it, it stands up. Uh, it, it's a pretty cool effect. I, I, I liked that as well, um, and I think it, I think it still stands. And, and I remember. Thinking this was a this could be an issue, uh, you know, having your face melt like that because that happened in Indiana Jones, uh, raised the Lost Ark too. Where
0: that was guys, done perfectly. His face melted. That, that thing. So was I was like, brilliant. oh yeah, that
1: can happen, man. Your yeah. face can just melt off. <laughs> especially, especially if you find the Ark of the Covenant. Yes. that thing will melt I've your seen, face off. I've seen it in two movies now, man. Your face can melt. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> uh, so these guys, so Frank and uh, Freddie are, are, are passed out. They wake back up and they're coughing and because they have to breathe stuff in, they have to call the owner Burt. So Bert comes by. They explain to and what Burt happened. Bert
1: is wearing the greatest members-only jacket. Oh, ever. that that beige one. Yes, yeah, it's, it's an awesome, <laughs> man. That only jacket. is so eighties. <laughs> he really, he really kind of recalls George Papard in the A Team here. I think yeah. he's like got the same outfit, same. Uh, oh hair. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> really, <laughs> he really reminded me of George Papard in the A Team in that uh, in that outfit. But anyway, uh,
0: yeah. But but before that, <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, um, Frank was showing Freddie all around, showing the half. Dogs. Oh, we get we send those off to veterinarians. One of the half dogs comes to life, and it's like, rawf, rawf, and yeah. it beats it with a crutch. Right. That was awesome. You see these, yeah. uh, you see this, uh, uh, I guess a mural of of dead butterflies. They start coming to life. Yeah, uh, that was actually a cool effect. That, that was that yeah. was pretty cool looking. Uh, so um, Bert actually gets there. And they're, he's like, I don't know what to do. We got to figure something out. And then they hear this banging in the cooler because there's actually a fresh corpse in there. Fresh corpse in so there. So it's banging in there, making a lot of noise. And uh, they're going like, what do we do? What do we do? Well, let's do like the movie did. Let's uh, let's uh, shoot him in the head or get him in the head and it'll die automatically. So. They open the door. Bert hits him in the head, sticks him to the floor. And this guy's still... The the, the zombie's still alive, screaming like, ow! Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's in a lot of pain. These
1: uh, are not killable that way, which... I found to be an intro that that isn't something that you, you got to have a way to kill the zombies, I guess. In most uh, in most uh, stories, but uh, yeah, well, and this they're basically invincible. Yeah, watching it again, that actually added a really cool
0: element. Yeah, I was
1: it was that was different. I mean, that didn't get picked up by every single zombie movie in the next two decades, you know. Yeah. Uh, th- this uh, some of these things did, but uh, that was. Uh, that was interesting because they, yeah, they end up cutting his head off and then the body
0: comes after. Him. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So they decide that um, what they're going to cut it up into little pieces and uh, you got to get a hold of Ernie. Yes.
1: Yeah, the mortician that's next door uh, with an incinerator with a uh, crematorium.
0: Yeah. He's actually embalming somebody at the All time right. when they come over there. Right. Yep. Um, so they go over see Ernie. Uh, at this point, there's a party going on in the cemetery. Did you see, notice what the name of the cemetery was? No, Resurrection Cemetery. Oh, was it Really? Okay. No,
1: I missed that. I missed that part. I was, but yeah, so this is this in this cemetery scene is is you know what Hollywood I guess thought punk culture was like back in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. You know they're like they said they're dancing on graves naked. They're uh, just being wild. They're kind of wrecking things uh, and. Uh, And, you know, there's this uh, guy with a chain from his uh, ear to his lip. And, uh, you know, it's I I think it's a good look at what Hollywood thought they that punk culture was like that back then,
0: (laughs) it absolutely was. So they're having a party or doing whatever. Um, you know, there's obviously the what Andy liked when he was a kid, the nudity in it. Yeah. Lena right. Quigley. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so,
1: yeah, she uh,
0: she gets completely
1: naked. And l- like I said about the uh, the jacket, the producer shows up on this
0: day that they're filming. This is interesting. I didn't know this.
1: Yeah. the producer shows up on the day they're filming this scene and she's dancing, she has, a you know, full, full pubic hair, <laughs> like most women in the 80s. Uh, if you watch the uh, adult movies from back then. Uh, I which never I did. which I do, but uh, he, but uh, he's like this is this is uh, obscene. We're we we can not put this on television. You got to shave her, so down she there. goes off down there. Obviously, she goes off. They they I don't know who's they is. I assume she shaves herself completely and then comes back and re- reshoots the scene. And he's like, this is terrible. Now I can see everything. <laughs> so what did they do? So they created this like um, kind of a cup that uh, they glued to her private parts and then she was basically genderless although like on on VHS you could you couldn't tell that like yeah. when I was a kid I thought she was completely naked yeah. and uh, you know I in 480 I you can't you can't see this you know but, but looking I,
0: at it she did look like a Barbie doll or like a mannequin she like did that. yes
1: and, and this is really and I wonder if there's any correlation here and I don't see any I looked for it on on the internet but I didn't see any correlation but she really looks like uh, Marilyn Manson's mechanical animals suit you know the woman's suit that he wore yeah. in mechanical animals mm-hmm. I mean she's got the red hair she's got basically the same type of body And I found it really uh, really striking that she she looked almost exactly like that where uh, you know she's got this very pale skin and uh, is genderless.
0: So. Yeah. It, it, it was a weird kind of scene. Yeah, it,
1: it was different. She's, and she remains naked through the rest of the entire movie. so She does,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine. She must have been freezing because they, right. they do get rain later. Yeah. And um, then,
1: you know, she makes a comment at this point about uh, the worst thing being uh, she she fears being devoured
0: by a bunch of old men. A bunch of, yeah.
1: Yeah. Foreshadowing. Uh, Foreshadowing, yeah.
0: Here we go. Uh, they go back Back to the mortuary, so the, you know, we got Frank, we got Freddie, we've got um, Bert, they bring this chopped up body it's moving around uh, Bert first admits he's like well you know they're weasels or something like that or some sort of rodent Oh, we need to get them burned or something like that he's like well I'm not going to burn a live animal right. uh, he comes clean about it yeah. it's actually the chopped up <laughs> zombie and the the Ernie, they re- Ernie released he- the yeah, oh, yeah funny. apparently there's no there was
1: this was a total accident <laughs> the, the fact that these, these guys name is Bert and Ernie was not uh, intended at all it just was who what the uh, author named it. Nice. So it's what O'Bannon named it. I got named those guys. He was unaware of the Sesame Street characters. Yeah, every time, time
0: I think about that, I'm thinking about Sesame Street. <laughs> right. So they they uh, they actually take all the parts. They put it into the incinerator. Uh, burns this thing, melts it, everything. And then the the smoke or the plume comes out Mm -hmm. and it goes into the atmosphere. All of a sudden, it starts raining. Yeah. So then it becomes toxic. Yeah. (laughs) So it's going into the ground. It's almost like acid rain. Well, and and, uh, Trash, uh, who is
1: naked and getting rained on, is talking about how this burns.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they're all saying it burns and she needs to cover up or whatever. I love the shot where it's like starting to pull up and then you see the shot of it going into the soil. That is a... This whole scene is a really
1: great effect with the with the smoke rising, yeah, and then going into the sky and the rain coming
0: down. Yeah, that was a really really cool scene. Yeah, it was and like it, greenish, and then yeah, you know, like, it's, like 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 I guess to differentiate that this is toxic or or right. you know this is you know part of that whatever and then it just it falls into the ground and i love the way it seeps in right into right. one of the caskets right on the guy's shoes yes yes uh-huh. and that was really cool because they didn't they didn't do it right away they didn't come to life right away all nah, right the only one that had come to life was the was the fresh corpse uh at the warehouse right so um yeah, they do that. It's raining. No,
1: I was I just to go back to that, though, it, it was I was uh, I did not appreciate that scene But I, I really liked, you know, the nudity and you know gore in this movie. But I, I didn't appreciate that because that's a really great piece of direction there with practical effects to make that that smoke go up and then that rain come down like that. Yeah. I, I mean, you could do that in CGI really easily these days. But I think it it must have taken some uh, some pretty creative shooting to get that. That to look right, the it's,
0: plan that shot awesome. absolute, yeah, absolutely, yeah, was awesome. I just I it loved, seemed loved really that. seamless too, yeah, so it, that was it. nice. Uh, so we go back to the mortuary. Um, at some point, like the the teens break off because one of the gals had gone to the warehouse. But they realized that uh, over in the mortuary that Ernie and Bert are or that uh, Freddie and Frank are starting to deteriorate because right. they're like getting sick. They're really like they're getting the shakes and they're just they look so ill because they had bring this breathe this stuff in. Uh, they call the paramedics. Paramedics come by and says, uh, you have no blood pressure. Right. You have You're no pulse and your body temperature, is 70 degrees, 70, which happens to be room temperature. Um, <laughs> you should be dead. Right. <laughs> but they're responsive. All right.
1: Um, yeah, obviously. And this is, uh, you know, really concerning to Freddie's girlfriend, uh,
0: you know, and, she, he, and he's starting to look very, they're both starting to look very bad we're terrible. And then we have a scene over at the warehouse where one of the gals Uh, you know I guess that's his girlfriend because she went over there first Mm -hmm. she goes downstairs and she's looking for Freddy um, but then she encounters like melt guy this is where he first says brains that that is correct this is the guy that uh, that was in the barrel yeah so you saw his face melt and he's just nothing but a skeleton and he's just like gooey looking yeah and he's got like yeah like his skull is wet yeah, it's it's really a, it's cool it's, looking. It's a very cool
1: effect. I mean, this this uh, suit uh, that they created here. I mean, it looks it's got a almost a little bit of a comedic appearance. Oh, too, yeah. you know, but oh, yeah, but it's a scary looking uh, thing. You know, I mean, it, it it really is like gross and terrifying. But then it almost has a little bit of comedy involved too. You know, I mean, it, it's and a, I loved a, it but a little
0: it, bit funny looking because so. it's just brains. That's where he first says that she goes she. uh barricades herself in, like, a locker. And then this is where you were talking about where they actually could use, like, the winch thing. Like, he wraps... Like around the two uh, two handles, he wraps a chain around it. He's starting to winch this the thing. Zombie open. does, yeah. The and zombie. A couple other this. teens come down there, and like, bef- like he opens it or breaks it open, and they come downstairs. Right. And he looks the the zombie looks up at uh, I think his name was Scuzz or something yeah. like that. Looks up at Scuzz, goes more brains.
1: <laughs> and yeah, and you know, in a lot of zombie films, this the zombie would just be kind of walking into the. Uh, walking into the uh the cabinet she hit herself in over and over and over again you know i mean they they, they definitely have a sentience and can remember things from the the past and have some sort of uh, ability to still do things um, they're just mindless walking dead i guess yeah, that has exactly. only uh brains on their
0: mind so yeah so they uh let's see here uh we go back to the Oh, we go well, back they, to the The mortuary.
1: paramedics. Yeah. The paramedics go outside and get ambushed basically yeah, these, because now all the dead have risen from right. this cemetery that got the, uh, trioxin. What is it? Two, four, five trioxin, uh, acid rain on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the acid rain was a big concern in the eighties. I'm sure it still is, but p- like it got a lot of everything. press back then. Yeah. The acid rain was like what we were very concerned about back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this had rained in the cemetery and, um, all the dead had risen in the cemetery Well, they ambushed the paramedics and again the zombie takes the CB radio because there's a, a call coming in and he says send more paramedics you know, he's smart <laughs> yeah. enough more to, paramedics yes exactly and I love the voices they give to these things too I don't know what, <laughs> what that's supposed to be just the irritation yeah. from yeah. 245 trioxin or what yeah
0: but maybe the, just because of rigor mortis and then de- <laughs> decaying but so well, yeah much. they definitely uh, have a
1: sinister voice like the uh, the guy the tar man he, he's, he's got a creepy voice. And that was another thing that scared me when I was a kid. Yeah, exactly. A frightening voice.
0: It's funny now, but yes, it it is, it But was. it was a, fr- it was frightening
1: back then. Uh, so yeah, more paramedics show up mm-hmm. and yeah, they, they, did, get ambushed.
0: they get ambushed too. I love the shot from there. Cause your, your vantage point is from the mortuary mm-hmm. and you just see them. Whoomp, just yeah. Close in on these people and they're, they're gone. Yeah. It's, it's a,
1: you know, a great shot that you've seen in a lot of zombie movies since then. And I think this is kind of, uh, Trend setting here, where where you see these guys get out of their truck and they they seem to be just doing their job and it just converges on them.
0: Yeah, it's like like you no know, you know no kind of warning, right? It's like right. they get out. Oh, what's going on? And then they yeah, exactly. It's and like, they have like no immediate. Chance. They
1: obviously, have no chance.
0: So then the uh, police show up,
1: obviously, and then suffer the same fate. And then the uh, zombie makes the call to send more cops.
0: <laughs> yeah, <that's> exactly <laughs> so. right. Um, so they basically, uh, you know, Freddie. And Frank are really the rigamore is setting in, so they're getting ready to, you know, kick the bucket and become zombies themselves. So they decide to take them to the chapel. You know, they got a really great homage to like the way they're boarding up everything. Uh, in yeah, uh, the that's kind of like
1: yeah, that's kind of like Night of the Living Dead, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's exactly like it, just, just boarding like that, everything yeah. up, all the windows and just stuff. just a little like bit that. of uh, uh, what is that. Um, Vincent Price movie where they're coming in the uh, it's based on uh, the uh, uh, I I am Legend or whatever because uh, he's boarding up his house they, he's pushing things in front of the the door and they're nailing you know like furniture into the uh, where the door there where they're Is breaking that Omega through. Mega Man. Uh, it's before Mega Man. I can get the I, I, the name uh, escapes me for some reason. Um, yeah, I just thought it was. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I thought the last was... man on earth is a 1964 okay. film. It's oh. great. It's a great, I think they're actually referred to as vampires yeah. in that, but uh, it's an awesome film here. we see it. But uh, I think there's a little bit of uh homage to that here too, because they're uh,
0: pushing that kind of stuff in front of the door and yeah. in front of the doors and windows and blocking them off. Yep. And they keep grabbing nails. So I thought that was yeah. really cool. Um, so basically, um, Friday dies. And he starts mm-hmm. foaming at the mouth. He he zombifies. They throw acid in his face. <laughs> yeah, they get the heck they out of blind there. Blind him,
1: so he's now he is kind of walking around like a zombie, not knowing what's going on. Yeah, and then um, we had uh, well, uh, Frank Frank burns himself. himself. He burns himself. Yeah, and he, he's got he, the wherewithal to realize this is not going anywhere, and he's not going to be able to do anything about it. So he just puts
0: himself in the uh, he incinerator. Himself. Yep. So, he he doesn't want to become one of these zombies. Um, Ernie and then the girlfriend go up to the addict. Um yeah you know it, it becomes it, it just kind of devolves into an action movie
1: at this point it does and, and, and there's just a lot of chaos and a lot of people are dying uh, and we end up with a a few um Bert is one of them that's uh
0: that's still alive. yeah so <laughs> they go back over to the warehouse yeah. like him and uh, one of the other punk guys uh-huh. go over to the warehouse and he, this is weird because he he looks on the he looks on the barrel and he's like, oh, let's call that number
1: yeah so, so. and in er, the other guy Frank, right? Had, uh, who's, let's, Ernie went up with the girlfriend in the right, attic. but Frank is the guy who's dead now, right? Freddie. He, well, no, the guy who self-immolated. Oh, yeah, yeah. Frank. Yeah, that's Frank, right? So Frank uh, had made mention that there's this number on these barrels that they probably should call if there's an emergency and he never did it. Right. Well, Bert calls that number. And, and earlier in the movie, you had seen the scene of this general who yeah, comes Colonel home and his wife. I've yeah, already yes. had lamb chops. You right. Know, just, right. You had
0: no idea what he was. Yeah. Cause. We didn't
1: know what he I don't know. Again, it's like kind of the beginning of the movie uh, uh, goes to the end of the movie. But uh, they call this number. And it sets in in uh, into motion a series of events where a, uh, where they call basically a a guy in a tank mm-hmm. uh, to our uh, shoot our art- art- artillery shell into this mess. Yes.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and it has the plutonium sign on it. So right. ba- basically, they make the phone call. Uh oh, it happened again. So uh, apparently, this guy gets on the phone with the president or a general or something right. like that. Well, this is what's going on. Okay, eight two six five four three, like some sort of code. They nuked this town. Yeah, they did exactly. <laughs> it was a nuclear artillery shell that they blasted out
1: of this tank, and uh, you know, obliterated like what do they say, a twenty block area or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, like that. It's
0: four thousand people perished or something.
1: It, yeah, and I exactly, and I believe that uh, it begins to you know they're saying it's raining. <laughs> and so I think the implication is that this is getting all over the place now, <laughs> that you're gonna have the same thing that happened when they uh, when they burned the the zombie before. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the end of the film, and I, I distinctly remember this, like um, you know, the whistle that this artillery shell makes as it comes in, you know, and it it was it was. Kind of terrifying because this is the middle of the eighties where you know this this Cold was a War. threat yeah you know World War Three could begin at any time yep. and and you know being obliterated by nuclear weapons was actually something you were concerned about on a daily basis you know I mean and this could happen so I remember like thinking wow that's what it'd be like man we'd hear that and and then we'd be dead yeah
0: and no warning <laughs> so, you're you're done so it
1: was exactly. frightening at the time it was frightening at the time and, but, and I remember being like wow that it, like. it it had a little more impact when i like it it was just kind of um I don't know. It, it, there was even some humor in this even at, at the t- uh, at this time. Yeah. But I, I feel like that was uh, a lot more impactful uh, when I was a kid. And I was like, wow, that that
0: could happen, you know? Yeah. I, well, see, I, maybe I didn't. I don't know. I wasn't so, so caught up in that. I just I, I think the thing that I really liked was, was the gore and stuff like that. But I yeah. no,
1: I love this movie. And I, and I the gore was awesome. And I, and I definitely liked the nudity when I was uh,
0: younger. So. <laughs> All right. So here do. we go. Return of of the living dead 1985 how are you feeling about it well this is a well this i will just go and say
1: it this is a classic movie mm-hmm. for sure this sets a lot of, of the tropes up that you still see in zombie movies today um yeah i think it's ahead of its time and that it you know it had some things like fast zombies that romero had never done before mm-hmm. um i think it i think it is funny uh, i'm not sure if the jokes really hit with today's audience but uh I think it is funny um, you know it, it's uh, it's got some good performances in it, in it I think that um, that are you know interesting and, and I, I would give this I'm gonna give this I'm um, probably give this three stars it is a classic movie I don't think it's a great movie mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not sure how well it would resonate with today's audiences but uh, but I think it's a it's a f- an enjoyable movie that I, I definitely like from the past
0: uh, you know <sighs> I have zero to add to that. I, I had a lot of fun. I, I'm. It's hard for me to put aside the nostalgia glasses or right. goggles. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go half star above you and say three and a half. Sure. Say it's a classic. Um, I I do think younger audiences will enjoy this movie. And maybe they will. Maybe I'm not
1: giving them the credit they deserve.
0: Maybe a novelty type movie. Not Mm -hmm. not the nostalgia, but just kind of a novelty movie and and get the understanding that this kind of did set up a whole different kind of uh, zombie. Mm -hmm. uh, To give it a new look, to give it a new coat of paint, where it's the same, you know, the same lore of what a zombie is, but give it something else. Give it a personality. The fact that they need to eat brains to prevent pain that they still feel pain that, that that it gave a human element to these zombies Yeah, which it, I really
1: loved. And I agree and this is a total 180 from Romero's films you know right. Day of the Dead is this um, you know it's a uh, commentary on society and all this stuff and consumerism and everything, you know. And uh, this doesn't this doesn't take itself that seriously, you know. So it's it's a a totally different look at at uh, zombies that uh, we'd never seen before. This.
0: No, I totally agree. So yes, I say it's absolute classic. I'm gonna go three and a half. And yeah, definitely watch this movie. So. I'm glad uh, the next two months are coming up because this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Coming up for the entire month of September, it's the 1980s. Staying in the 80s, Forgotten Slasher Treasure chest. We're going to kick it off uh, next week with Shocker. Shocker, yeah. Not that. (laughs) Not not the hand gesture. It's the movie. It's the movie. Uh, A couple other movies in there. We're going to bring back our second annual Shocktober, which the entire month is going to be nothing but uh, Halloween-themed horror movies or have something to do around Halloween because I was looking for something. Them, and I think we did most of them last year. Uh, and thank you so much for listening to the Horrorphoria podcast. This was episode number 75. Don't forget to rate and review us on wherever you listen to your podcast. Go follow us on all our social medias and uh, go wish Andy a happy birthday. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.